Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Dr. Neil Rao is uh, back on the program with us, infectious diseases specialist, Halton Region in Ontario, assistant professor at the University of Toronto School of Medicine. Dr. Rao, thank you for coming back. And, the, you know, we talk about emergency measures. You and I have talked about this uh, a week ago, two weeks ago, and, and lockdowns, but... I'm also seeing a great deal about the COVID zero approach. Where do you, I know you don't favor lockdowns, but how does this all start to make sense to the person who's wondering what's going to work? What's going to work for me? Well, unfortunately, I'm not sure a lot of what we are going to do or doing is going to work beyond what we were doing before. How's that for complicated? What I'm saying is we were already doing a lot of things before we went to this most drastic form. We had people doing social distancing, physical distancing, masking, reducing capacity in closed spaces. And things didn't really get that much better. And now with a lockdown, maybe they'll get marginally better, but it's going to come at a huge personal and economic and mental cost. And the question then becomes, why did we do it? We're really doing this to preserve healthcare capacity. If we can be creative and throw tons of money at the healthcare system, create more ICU capacity, transfer patients from heavily stressed areas to less stressed areas, we could potentially stomach this and face it rather than trying to chick it out by going to a lockdown that makes everybody suffer. Because we're making everyone suffer for a very focused problem. And this is where the whole thing is going to fall apart. You know, we're doing this a month before Christmas, and as we get closer to Christmas, people will say, hey, things are maybe getting a bit better. We better keep it up. And before you know it, we can never get out of it. So I've made analogies before with uh, speed limits. Once you lower the speed limit, it'll never go back up. You can never talk yourself into raising it again. It'll be just like that. You can't get out of restrictive policies easily. The only case I've seen where people went backwards was Ottawa, where they went to a stage two modified, using the Ontario terminology, and they went back to the stage three modified. And things, by the way, didn't take off in Ottawa since they did it. And we've now been into that for a few weeks. Yeah, if we look at Ontario in November and we look at Ontario in the spring, what do we see? So last spring was bad. That was the epidemic. The funny thing is everyone's focusing on total number of cases per day now versus the spring. We go, oh, my gosh, it's so much worse now. We're testing way more. We were very restrictive about who we were testing back in the first wave, but now it's a totally different story. We were getting to the point of inviting people to be tested during the summer, which is a big mistake, and now we've refined it a bit, but we're still testing way more. We're up to a record 50,000 tests a day in the last few weeks. So, of course, the more you test, even if your percent positivity hasn't changed, you're going to get a total number of people that is more than you had before. So if I test 10,000 people and 1% of those people are positive. If I test 50,000 people, I'm going to get five times more people positive. So we can't look at the absolute case counts. We have to look at percent positive a little bit, but then more importantly, what's happening in hospitals. Let me tack to that. During the first wave, we had 
at least two to three times more people in hospital in intensive care unit beds and dying than we have this time. So I'm not saying it's nothing now, but it's not as bad as the first wave, yet the reaction and the scream is way bigger, not just in Ontario or in Canada, but even in Western Europe. I think many people are making the same mistake of not looking at how this compares to the first wave. So if we look beyond where we are now to the end, if we can find an end or an end point, what do we see? A little bit of optimism for me, I'll give you. I think that we're going to reach the peak of this outbreak even before a vaccine is widely available. It's not that I don't want there to be a vaccine. I hope it can be available, but the getting this vaccine on the road available for people process is not going to happen by early 2021. It's not going to be a Hollywood movie where everybody gets the vaccine in the next two weeks and they line up and it all happens. This is going to be a slow, phased rollout process. And by the time the key people who are at risk get this vaccine, it's going to be the summer. So the vaccine is not going to have an impact on what we are about to face, and we can't rely on it. But maybe the outbreak will start to peak on its own as there is more and more herd immunity. This seems like heresy to talk about right now, but I think we have to watch this over the next few months because Sweden is giving us a lot of information about what happens with a more light-touch approach, not a laissez-faire approach, but a lighter-touch approach where you do allow community spread of the virus. And at some point, as Sweden starts to peak with fewer and fewer new infections, and they don't seem to have many deaths in the second wave now, even less than we have per person per capita, we may actually see that the worst of this outbreak finally does happen naturally without a vaccine, whether we like it or not. And despite these lockdown measures and despite all these things we're doing, we may not win the battle completely. We'll protect people in long-term care better. We'll protect our vulnerable people better. Uh, but to get a vaccine as part of that equation, I think it's a bit of hope and optimism rather than reality. If you want to hear more, Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.